0: If you want to serve the Lord outside the United States, you'll need a passport. That means you'll have to fill out the paperwork, get your picture taken to the exact specifications, collect and send in all the supporting documents, and pay the fee. But Scott Bronner says there's one last crucial step in the process.
1: Once you receive that passport, I challenge every young person to take that that passport and go to the altar and pray over that passport, and to say, Lord Jesus, here am I, send me. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.
0: Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we're on the road this week to talk with Scott Bronner. Scott is the president of a group called Concilium. We're gonna talk a little bit about what they do. He is formerly the Director of Risk Management for the International Mission Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, So Scott is an expert in missionary safety, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about the balance between safety and the gospel call. How do you you make decisions about going into all the world, but wait a minute, that's not a safe place to go. So we're going to talk about that. Scott, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Hey, thank you very much, Todd. It's good to be with you. Let's talk first about Concilium. What kind of broad, broad brush, what does Concilium do?
1: Yeah, so Concilium is not a security company. It is a not-for-profit uh, Christian ministry. Uh, we're a 501c3, just like most other ministries, uh, and the intent behind starting Concilium was to create a ministry for ministries and to be a support and resource uh, to mission-sending churches, agencies, NGOs, humanitarian organizations. So our our heart and our intent is to empower both the voice and the presence of the gospel in the nations.
0: And how did God lead you? What's your background that prepared you for this particular role? Because I know you have a, a gospel ministry background and a safety and security background.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think we might call this a hybrid background. <laughs> uh, there's other terms for it. No, I came to know Christ through uh, Youth for Christ Ministries uh, back in uh, 1987, and soon thereafter, graduated from high school, went into the military, uh, joined the 1st Ranger Battalion, served in the Gulf War in 91, but it was during that time on active duty that God really made it clear that He was calling me into ministry. And I uh, what better training for youth ministry than ranger training? So I, I uh, did my time and ended up using the GI Bill to go to college, went into full-time youth uh, and collegiate ministry in Georgia, continuing into the 90s, and really felt a call to start a mission ministry that discipled young people, and in that discipleship process deployed them internationally to partner with missionaries on the field. I really got into the security side of this out of necessity, equipping young people to go to the nations. After 2001, after 9-11, we were receiving calls to take students into Afghanistan, into Iraq. And so the need for security training became very paramount because we weren't working a beach ministry in the south of France, (laughs) frankly. And so that's where a lot of our training began to develop, And, and not just training, but the whole ethos behind why are we doing training in the first place? And it quickly became relevant that this training is not intended to keep people safe. It's intended to help them become resilient with the gospel. And this is important. Security is a subset of safety, right but it's interesting when it comes to the idea of the gospel and salvation in particular we are we are given eternal security but we're not promised eternal safety and this is important especially because salvation doesn't begin at death salvation begins at the point of of believing and trusting and following Christ so although our salvation is complete the security is there the safety is not Therefore, having the gospel as your highest value and not safety is paramount.
0: Do you ever run into the attitude among gospel workers that you know, hey, God's looking over us. We don't really have to worry about security because you know we're working for the Lord and and He'll take care of us. Oh, uh,
1: yeah, um, <laughs> it, it happens. There is confusion out there, even with with folks that have been seminary trained, classically understanding the gospel about where does safety and security fit into the gospel, and 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 so whether whether it's evangelical or or any other type of of, of Christian mission sending, you have to start by establishing your values. And saying, what is the highest value? So whether you're a church planting organization, whether you're doing justice ministry, or you're a humanitarian organization that that does food and, and water hygiene sanitation, it's all being done in Jesus' name. And each of those organizations, although they have a different mission, their values remain the same. And if we can agree that the gospel is the highest value, now we have a place from which to start developing out crisis management and really security management to keep people safe. What we are trying to help people do is to understand God does speak directly into security and he uses his word to do it. And so what we want to find are principles in his word that we can bring to application in the 21st century. What I don't want to do is go back and claim promises that God gave to somebody else, you know, 2,000 or 3,000 years ago and say, well, God, because you gave it to them, obviously you're going to give that promise to me. That is not true. And those are the people that often get themselves into trouble. And more than once, we've had people who've, who've literally called us and said, you know, I, I trusted God in this. He didn't come through. And, and they're just, they're shaking in their faith. So we go back in, in the debrief a crisis debrief. We say, what does God's word say? And once we walk them through it and say, well, this is what you were doing, you know, with good intention. But what you've done is to take God's word out of context. And it's left you in a place where you were compromised.
0: And I know a lot of your work is is confidential. You're not going to go into a lot of detail. But can you give me an example of, of something like that, where where that conversation happened and you felt like somebody maybe stepped out a little too far, thinking that God would bail them out?
1: Yeah, um, just just speaking very gener- generally, it's happened several times uh, in the Middle East, North Africa, Central Asia. We'll, we'll see these issues happen. But essentially it, it, it goes something like this. Lord, we love you. We trust you. We know that you want what's best for us, so we're going to step out in faith and serve you. But in so doing, by keeping this idea of an of eyes-wide-shut approach to the ministry. In other words, there's threats out there, but because I trust God, I'm not going to acknowledge the threats. That's, that's totally inappropriate, because God, in His Word, both in Luke chapter 10, but also Matthew chapter 10, and so this idea, Jesus is sending out His disciples, and He's telling them that, you know, you need to be as wise as a, as a serpent, yet gentle as a dove. He's likening their service as well. What he's doing and and so we want to make sure that we understand that when god is telling us that we want to be as wise as a serpent yet gentle as a dove he says to be on our guard to to watch what's going on but ultimately he says at the end there he says and do not be afraid now this is confusing to folks because fear can keep you alive right right and so when you think about fear and on on the other side of this courage you can never have courage apart from fear But if you do not acknowledge the threat, then you never have the opportunity for fear, and thus you never have the opportunity to draw courage. So the reason that that's so important is God doesn't want us to ignore the threats out there. He wants us to acknowledge them, be wise and prudent about them, and draw courage, not just from security management policy, but from Jesus himself who is telling us to go.
0: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Scott Bronner. He's the president of Concilium. They help ministries and churches think about security, think about safety. Uh, Scott, from the Concilium website, it says, part of your purpose is promoting a biblical understanding of the best practices in security, crisis and risk management, and member care, as well as how to think strategically about gospel advance. I think we've been talking about that very thing. How do you balance safety with the call of the gospel? One of the things I know you've been involved in is is working with young people. and yes. and you mentioned your background in youth ministry, training young people to go into hard places for ministry and even we might say, dangerous places for ministry. Right. My first question, I think, comes as a parent. and because I have young young men that I'm raising, do you get pushback from parents? Do you get parents that say, "Wait a minute, whoa, you're gonna you're gonna send my kid to Afghanistan. You're gonna send my kid to a Muslim country?" Does that happen, and, and how do you respond to that? In
1: 1998, I started a ministry that began partnering with International Mission Board and sending young people overseas, and then that ministry developed concurrently to me serving with a state Baptist convention as their student evangelism director, and it was breaking my heart to see how how many kids come forward at events I mean thousands, tens of thousands of kids that come forward at, a, at an event, come to camp, retreats, raise their hand, accept Jesus, and then come next Sunday the FBI can't find those kids. W- worse than that, we watch as our as our ba- baptisms are declining really in particular, to see the loss of young people from the church after high school graduation. I mean, we lose up to 80% of our kids uh, within two years of high school graduation, four semesters. And by the time of their sophomore year, where are they? So that's where this idea of a ministry that came known as Fusion came about. And so the the, the idea of Fusion wasn't necessarily to put kids into international ministry uh, full-time, but that's been the outcome of it. But really the intent was was to help kids step into biblical adulthood and take responsibility for their faith and their walk with the Lord. And this is critical because the understanding of theology of risk, theology of suffering, and really defining what biblical manhood and womanhood looks like to say, you know, it, biblical manhood is, is is not necessarily an, an alpha or beta male. It, it, it's beyond that. It's being able to say, not only am I a protector and a provider for my family, but I am the guide for my family to bring them into ministry and obedience. And, and talking to the gatekeepers moms dads pastors youth pastors especially moms and dads and kids come to this fusion program and they say you're going to send my kid where and i have to look at them and say yes we are but we're not doing this in a foolish way because we see that security and safety is a part of good stewardship i mean pragmatically speaking you're a better disciple maker alive than dead right? I mean, I, I, not to be so crass, but, but it's the reality. And so my heart and intent is to make sure that in the equipping and training and preparation for these young people to go overseas, they're receiving not just good security training, but they're learning how to think rightly about safety, rightly about threats and vulnerabilities so that they can abate them to stop them from being a threat if possible or to mitigate to lessen the impact not to keep them safe, but to build resilience into their own gospel witness as they are taking the gospel to every literally language, people, tribe, and nation.
0: And so tell me, the, the Fusion program, as I understand it, a semester mm-hmm. in America, training, yep. learning, and then a semester overseas, and you're sending people to some hard places. Yeah, I wish I could say some of the the, the places
1: that we send them—North um, Africa, Middle East, Central Asia, South Asia. Uh, I think that'll that'll do. But but really, it, it's the only ministry that I know of, training ministry I know of, that does a a day for day training to deployment. In other words, 120 days of training for 120 days of deployment. And so, can you imagine a ministry that trains? If you're doing a four year stint overseas, that you're doing four years of training on the front end just to go overseas four years? It's very intense, but it's also very intentional. Because, remember, the goal of fusion is to help a young person step into biblical adulthood. So what we're talking about here as as the director, as the founder, is to help a young person set a trajectory in their life. But you know what? I'm doing the same thing as a father for my kids. You know, when we think about the arrows in our quiver, I've got three arrows in my quiver— Okay. My, my goal, my intent is to help them to set a trajectory for their life. That's going to help them be successful. And when it comes to defining success in life, I've stopped trying to define success as, well, I want them to have more money than me, uh, a better house, a bigger house. That's not it. I want my kids to be able to walk with God more intimately than I did to be able to go farther in their walk with God than I could have ever have imagined. And if that in you know, obedience means that it takes them to the other side of the planet, then so be it. But by God's grace, let me do everything I can to equip them to go and to serve effectively on the field. And so that's the trajectory that we as parents should be putting into our children's lives through expectation. And that's what we do in Fusion.
0: So talk to me a little bit about the 120 days of training. What what does that look like? What what's included in that? Cuz I know there's they actually get college credit as yeah. I understand. So it's not just like a missionary thing, it's a college credit. Uh, so, talk about those 120 days of training.
1: Yeah, so Fusion uh, is a part of the IMB, and uh, and it is operated by Midwestern Seminary uh, here in Kansas City. So they receive, I think it's about 32 hours of credit for wow. for the year. So it's yeah. a full year. It's a full year, and it's a part of a degree program. And uh, so there's several different degrees that Fusion can stem off into. That's up to the, the person. But the 120 days of training, you know, you know, um, imagine basic training Sunday school. And, and that's where it starts. And we're done with the millennials. They're all into college. We've got a whole new group of young people that are coming in the most photographed videotaped me centered generation ever. And the first thing that we have to do is to help them realize that it's not about them. And so uh, to, to, to do a, a 12-day fast with no internet, no Facebook, it's cruel and unusual, right? Yeah. And, and so for them to be H- a, How many have died from that 12-day <laughs> fast? Well, yeah, how many have wanted to die? Yeah, I think would be a better way to put it. But, but in reality is you have to get people to, to detach themselves from what is normative. Listen, to be a growing church in a lot of our denominations, how many people do you have to baptize a year? One, because over half their churches baptized nobody, which means on average, we are getting young people who are coming into uh, our program that have a corrupted view of what the church is and what body life is and what success means in the church. What does obedience mean? And so we've got to help people deprogram from that and, and, and reconsider what it means to be obedient. As a follower of Christ, as an adult, your greatest times of growth do not come in the mountaintops, on the mountaintop experiences. It's in those times of challenge, when we face loss of a loved one, or or we go through some sort of strain that causes us to cry out to God and say, Lord, I need you, I can't do this in my own strength. And so, you know, in our, in our first, we call it ground school, it's, it's basically a 12-day basic training where we want these kids to come to the point of saying, crying out to God, I cannot do this without you. No kidding. More than once, I mean, I would probably say five times in the last 10 years or 13 years of this program, almost every other year, you'll have a person who's filled out two applications, six references, and, you know, stellar kid, and yet one night on guard duty between 2 and 5 a.m., he will have a time with God where he realizes that he's marked all the boxes and done everything that the culture says to do, but realizes he's really not saved. And we start right there and say, now at this point of salvation, not is what God calling you to do, but young man, young lady, who is God calling you to become? Because we have a, a, a creed that I require these kids to memorize. It's amazing what kids can memorize when you tie it to their meals, by the way. <laughs> you know? And you know the Fusion Creed starts out, the first stanza says, as a follower of Christ, I'm called not to comfort or success, but to obedience. Consequently, my life is to be defined not by what I do, but by who I am. Now, let me stop right there, because who we are in life will always determine what we what we set out to do. Listen, if who you are is sitting on the couch and playing video games in your parents' basement at 35 years old, who you are is going to determine what you do. Now, let me stop, because the flip side of that coin is... Because of who you are determines what you do, it's what you do that leads to the experiences that you have. So what you do will ultimately have impact on who you become. Because when you choose to go and to serve, to go to the nations, to take a risk, those challenges define you. They refine you so that you wake up one day and say, wow, had I not stepped out and taken this risk? what we might call a a threshold moment, to step across the threshold knowing that there's no going back, I would not have had the experience that I've had, and God would not have been able to define me into the man or woman that I am today.
0: We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Scott Bronner. He is the president of Concilium. They train missions, churches, gospel workers in the issues of safety and security, Scott, I know you have been involved with a lot of young people through the Fusion program, through other parts of your ministry. I want you to talk to someone who is listening to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, young person, thinks God is, is maybe working on their heart that, yeah, I want you to go. I want you to be in one of these countries. I want you to take the gospel there. Uh, just kind of coach them and advise them for a minute on maybe next steps maybe how they should think about this not just from a safety and security mm-hmm. because that will come but just from a ministry standpoint
1: yeah i would start by saying to a young person or or an an, a, an adult you will never go anywhere if you don't have a passport so just you know, a lot of what we do is very pragmatic here you know <laughs> So I, I want you to go. In, I want you to go to the to uh, online or or down to the post office, get an application for a passport, fill it out, send it in, and start the process. Because you will never go anywhere if you don't have a passport. Once you receive that passport, I challenge every young person to take that that passport and go to the altar and pray over that passport and to say, Lord Jesus, here am I. Send me. And so whether it's through fusion or concilium or, or wherever it is that the Lord leads you to go, you're never going to go anywhere without a passport. But once you get that passport, you lay it at the feet of God, at the throne of God and say, Lord Jesus, this is not my piece of paper. This is yours. And start from there. And then find accountability in that. If you have a missions pastor in your church, talk to them about that, or your youth pastor, or your, your senior pastor, whoever that one may be. Let them know of your desire to go. Ask them what's available, whether it's through your own church, your denomination, or other relationships that, that your church already has. Let people know that so that you can get involved. And then from there, I would highly recommend, as you prepare to go, that you do find uh, a ministry to plug into that's either doing mentoring or some other equipping in order to prepare you to go to the field. And one of our most popular programs is our, is our two-day course, where we take and we equip people for with the basics necessary to go serve in tough places. So whether that's in Europe or that's in Africa or Asia, or wherever it may be, I would highly recommend that you get some basic training before you go. And if, especially as a young person, if you're a sophomore, junior, or even senior in high school, I think Fusion is a great place to go. Because, listen, I want you to be able to serve the Lord through all seasons of your life. Okay, Whether you know, as, a, as a young single now, uh, and you have a lot of opportunity and, and, and flexibility, that changes as you get older you know, and you get married and you have your own kids. Though the seasons may change, the call to obedience does not. You'll have to redefine it. What I don't want to happen is that somehow you get excited about the gospel and then it, that, that excitement fades I don't want that to happen. So fusion again helps you set that trajectory into biblical adulthood and takes many, many young people to the other side of the world, not just for 120 days of service, but as a calling and a vocation for the rest of their lives.
0: Tell me, tell our listeners how they get in touch with Concilium, how how they sure. can pursue this a little farther through the the ministries that you offer.
1: Right. So concilium, uh, you can Find us on our website www.concilium.us That's spelled C-O-N-C-I-L-I-U-M dot And if you want to learn more about fusion, the easiest thing for you to do is just to Google. And if you go to I-M-B Fusion on Google. It'll come right up. It'll be your top hit. Uh, Same with Midwestern Seminary. If you just put in MBTS, that's Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, MBTS Fusion, again, the top hits uh, are all going to be for Fusion. A lot of great videos up there, a lot of good information and materials.
0: Scott... I've had you on my list of guests for Voice of the Martyrs Radio really since we started. So that's been several years. So I'm really thankful to be able to sit down with you and share some of this and plant some of these seeds in in people's minds, in our listeners' minds, to think about this, think about the gospel, think about safety and security, but always with the priority being the gospel's got to go out. God has called us to go I knew you'd do a great job of sharing that. So thank you for being with us today on Voices of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you, Todd, very much. It is an honor. Thank you. We will link you to the Fusion program and to Concilium. If you'd like to learn more about those programs, just visit vomradio.net. While you're at the site, you can also hear every past episode of the Voice of the Martyrs Radio and grow in your courage as you hear how others are sharing about Christ in tough areas around the world. Again, our website is vomradio.net. Next week, we're going to mark Father's Day weekend by talking with a former missionary. Now, we talk with missionaries all the time here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio, but this one is special. He has taught me more than any other missionary and shaped who I am and as a result has had a pretty big impact on VOM Radio. You can find out who that special missionary is next week right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.